God cannot be deceived. And God will make sure that if a person lives for the flesh, to please the flesh, they will get what is coming to them in the end. There is no fooling God, and no false doctrine or opinion will change the standard by which God will judge all of humanity. Just because society says something is okay does not make it right before the Lord. Sin may not be illegal, but that does not mean that it makes it right when God will judge every single person in the end. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about sexual sins. We live in a world that sexualizes almost everything. If you listen to music or watch television or go on the internet, chances are that you will be exposed to something with a sexual connotation. Sex is no longer the wholesome expression of love in a monogamous heterosexual marriage, but rather it has been desecrated into so many other things that have nothing to do with God's design intent. But make no mistake, God will judge sexual immorality if a person does not repent from such sins. Today's message is inspired on Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 13 to 30. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessed be your name always and forever and ever, O Lord God. To you be all the honor, Lord God, and the praise and the majesty. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your forgiveness. I pray for your mercy, Lord God. I give you thanks, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and because we can find forgiveness through him. I pray, Heavenly Father, that your mercy may always be ongoing. I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to understand those things that displease you, Lord God, and that hurt us also. I pray, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us to fear those things that do not do any good to us, Lord God. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's passage can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 13 to 30. This is the word of the Lord. If any man takes a wife and goes into her and detests her and charges her, with shameful conduct and brings a bad name on her and says, I took this woman and when I came to her, I found she was not a virgin. Then the father and mother of the young woman shall take and bring out the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders of the city at the gate. And the young woman's father shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man as wife and he detests her. Now he has charged her with shameful conduct saying, I found your daughter was not a virgin. And yet these are the evidences of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. Then the elders of that city shall take that man and punish him. And they shall fine him 100 shekels of silver and give them to the father of the young woman, because he has brought a bad name on a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. He cannot divorce her all his days. But if the thing is true, and evidences of virginity are not found for the young woman. Then they shall bring out the young woman to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done a disgraceful thing in Israel, to play the harlot in her father's house. So you shall put away the evil from among you. If a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, 
then both of them shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman, so you shall put away the evil from Israel. If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband, and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out of the gate of the city, and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife. So you shall put away the evil from among you. But if a man finds a betrothed young woman in the countryside, and the man forces her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. But you shall do nothing to the young woman. There is in the young woman no sin deserving of death. For just as when a man rises against his neighbor and kills him, even so is this matter. For he found her in the countryside, and the betrothed young woman cried out, but there was no one to save her. If a man finds a young woman who is a virgin, who is not betrothed, and he seizes her and lies with her, and they are found out, and the man who lay with her shall give to the young woman's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife because he has humbled her. He shall not be permitted to divorce her all his days. A man shall not take his father's wife nor uncover his father's bed. We surely live in different days than to those described in this passage. But despite the fact that people should not be stoned for sexual immorality as God commanded before because we are now living during the age of the dispensation of God's grace, it is still God's will for people not to get into sexual immorality. No matter how outdated this seems or how much general society abolishes these moral guides, God will still judge as sin if a person does the things that are mentioned in this passage. Fornication or sex before marriage is sin. It's wrong before the eyes of God for two unmarried people to have sex before marriage, even if they proclaim to love each other. Adultery is wrong. Rape is wrong. And if a man takes a woman's virginity and does not marry her, then that too is wrong. And of course, a man should not sleep with his stepmother. These are all things mentioned in the word of God that are considered sin. And the wages of sin is death. Before the eyes of God, even if a person is not stoned for doing any of these things, that does not mean that God will not judge them if they do not repent and stop practicing these sins. And so both the unbelieving and believing person shall be judged by God if they practice sexual immorality. Here is something that believers need to understand, and that is that a lifestyle of sin or the practice of sin will not go unpunished before the Lord. God's grace is no longer dispensed on a person that sins against the Lord willfully. And so followers of Jesus Christ cannot live a lifestyle of sin that involves sexual immorality. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 to 21 tells us this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, decessions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I told you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Adultery and fornication are clearly mentioned here as things that if a person practices them, that these things will keep a person from inheriting the kingdom of God. So there's no place for the practice of sexual immorality within God's people. 
Please bear in mind that this is mentioned in the New Testament, and so it applies in the here and now, just like many parts of the Old Testament. So no matter how sex-crazed the world is now, and how much society justifies and encourages sexual immorality now, God will punish those that practice these things. And even if a person claims to have faith in Christ, if they practice such things, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we do need to make a clarification. There is a difference between non-habitual sinning, if you will, and the practice and or leading a lifestyle of sin. We will sin until the day we die. No one is perfect here and now, and we will not be perfect until we shed this body that contains sin. Just because you have given your life over to the Lord does not mean that you will not commit any more sins. But the difference is between those that sin, meaning those that have momentary issues with sin, as in giving into weaknesses very seldomly, versus those that live a lifestyle of sin regarding wrongdoing as something that is acceptable and justifiable before the Lord. We can find forgiveness before the Lord if we slip up as an accident or as an anomaly in our lives, but not when we try to invalidate the Word of God and do things without any regard for the Lord and the sinful life we chose to leave behind. This is something that needs to be understood. There can be no salvation without complete and total repentance and conversion from sin. Let me say this again. There can be no salvation without complete and total repentance and conversion from sin. God cannot forgive sin if there is no turning away from sin. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There are those that proclaim that all you need to do is just believe in Jesus Christ to be saved, but that is false. Repentance and conversion are a requirement for salvation. The very foundation of experiencing God's grace involves turning away and denouncing all sin to ultimately ask God for forgiveness and to turn away from sin. This is, for instance, what the Bible says when Jesus proclaimed the gospel message. In Mark chapter 1, it is written, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent! and believe in the gospel. There is another passage in the Bible that explains what will happen if a so-called believer chooses to practice sin and or willfully sins. Hebrews chapter 10 says, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses Law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord again. The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so this should leave things quite clear what happens when there is an abuse of God's grace through the willful and intentional practice of sin when a person chooses to live a lifestyle of sin. So let's be very clear here, especially with sexual immorality. If a person that proclaims to have faith in Christ 
practices sexual immorality, whether it be fornication or adultery, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some might say, well, if they practice sin, then they were never saved. No matter whether you believe a person was never saved to begin with, or if a person loses their salvation, the answer is still the same, that God will not allow a person that practices sin or lives a sinful lifestyle into his kingdom. God's grace cannot work in a person that disrespects such grace. We can say quite conclusively that God is no fool. Here is another passage in the word of God that should leave things very clear for us that sexual immorality is a big problem for God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that man does, it's outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. And so the practice of sexual immorality is a problem, not just for when standing judgment before the Lord, but also while living in the here and now. A person risks hurting themselves physically. Why do you think sexual diseases and infections occur? Do you think those are an accident? And with everything that is going on in the world and even with God's people, do you think there is any mystery for why there is so much sexually transmitted infections in the world? According to the World Health Organization, they estimate that there are more than 1 million sexually transmitted infections acquired every day worldwide and that the majority of them are asymptomatic, which means you can have it and not realize it at first and you can be passing it along while being oblivious to it. The Word of God simply does not make mistakes. We learn through the Bible that there were even people that thought that the practice of sin was good so that grace could be dispensed that much more. But that is a lie. That is not the way it works. This is what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When we surrender our lives to Christ, we are deciding to leave sin behind and to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives so we can be effectively changed and transformed day by day. 
God's desire is to make us into new people, people that sin less and do those things that promote life. Jesus Christ died on the cross so we can find forgiveness of sins and so our sins can be washed away. But that can only happen when there is a turning away from sin, when we denounce sin and look to do God's will here and now. And so, what should we do when we sin against the Lord? There is a story in the Bible where we learn of God's grace being dispensed on a woman caught in the act of adultery. In John chapter 8, it tells us this. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And so we can find grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can find forgiveness before God through the Lord. But he made it perfectly clear that there is no condemnation but to go and sin no more. That is the difference between a person that sins and a person that practices sin. We can find forgiveness through the Lord, but only when there is no abuse of God's grace, when people do not try to take wrongful advantage of his goodness. Here is one final thought. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. God cannot be deceived, and God will make sure that if a person lives for the flesh to please the flesh, they will get what is coming to them in the end. There is no fooling God, and no false doctrine or opinion will change the standard by which God will judge all of humanity. Just because society says something is okay does not make it right before the Lord. Sin may not be illegal, but that does not mean that it makes it right when God will judge every single person in the end. Sin is sin, and if a person does not stop the practice of sin, of leading a sinful lifestyle, they will only hurt themselves here and now, but even worse, in the future, and they will suffer an eternal consequence. I urge you for your own good, flee from sin. Flee from sexual immorality. Don't give in to it. It's not worth it. A few minutes of pleasure can never compare to eternal life. Don't put a cheap price on your soul. Don't let momentary pleasure dictate where you will spend eternity. Let sin go. 
and live the eternal life that only God can give through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is a God of grace and mercy. He is a loving God. And within that, He is also a very forgiving God. But He is also a holy God. We can find forgiveness and mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ, but only if we decide to leave sin behind, to turn away from it, to convert with all of our hearts. Repentance is not just about saying that you're sorry. It's more than that. It's about converting, turning away from sin. We live in a time where everything is sexualized. We're so sexualized as people that there's hardly no room for a platonic relationship. Society makes it seem that the only way to show another person love is through sex, but that is not right. The only situation when sex is condoned and even blessed by God is when a man and woman have married each other because of love within the bond of matrimony. Any other sexual experience outside of marriage is wrong. It is sin. And if it is practiced, if it becomes a lifestyle, God will judge it accordingly. And the person opens themselves up to consequences here and now, but even more concerning to eternal consequences that can bar them entering the kingdom of God. This is what the Word of God teaches us explicitly and clearly. And like we have mentioned time and time again, inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit, that a person's opinion does not affect God's judgment and truth. God does not care about what a society finds acceptable or not. Our judicial system and laws have no impact or effect on the eternal kingdom of God. We need to be very mindful of this. But here is the good part in all of this, that if we have sinned, but do desire to turn away from our sins and to have a new life, a different life, not governed anymore by sin and free from the eternal consequences that sin inherently produces, we can find forgiveness, mercy, and grace through the Lord Jesus Christ by repenting and converting from all of our sins and making Jesus Christ the effective and literal Lord of our lives. You can find eternal life and eternal forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. God has made a way of salvation through the person of His only begotten Son. God allowed for His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and shed His blood so you can have your sins forgiven and so you can stand fully justified before the Lord God Almighty at the final judgment. When we convert to the Lord, God writes our name in the book of life. And when we abide in that faith until we breathe our last breath, doing the Father's will here on earth, God will find us fully justified and worthy to enter His kingdom through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. We have this promise through the Lord. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, do you want for God to forgive your sins? Come to Christ. Do you want a new beginning, a new start in your life? Come to Jesus. Do you want to live forever? You can find true immortality by abiding in Christ. We can have eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, blessing and honor and glory be to you. Lord, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness, for your mercy, because you are truly good. 
because Lord, you want to dispense your grace in our lives. You want to forgive our sins. But Heavenly Father, because you have given us free will, you wait for us to make that decision, to let go of sin, to understand what it is, and that it does not help us in any kind of way. It only hurts us and hurts those around us. I pray, Heavenly Father, for everyone that might be listening right now in this very moment, that Lord God, if they have not come to have that true and genuine relationship with you through Jesus Christ, I pray that they may be able to do so now, that they might be able to repent and turn away from all of their sins, and that they might be able to find a new life through Christ Jesus. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, also for those that may know you, that may profess a faith in you, but Lord God, that they may have fallen away from you in sin and falling into the things of the world. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that they too may also repent, turn away from their ways and turn to you with all of their hearts. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to be mindful, that, Lord God, that we will give an account before you. Lord God, help us to not abuse your grace, but to embrace it and to live by it eternally. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.